0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon, and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. One verse tonight, Uh, the principle behind this one verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 16, Um, and uh, I'm just going to preach two words tonight, so this should be really short. Amen. Because the Bible just simply says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Now quickly, I want to remind you of the overall theme of the book of Thessalonians, and it's living in the light of the last days. So the context is the last days. The Lord's coming again, as as people in the world often say, it's the end of the world, you know. And, And that's what it's dealing with. But it's interesting that beginning in in the midst of all the difficulties, in the midst, midst of all the uncertainties, that beginning in verse 11, God turns his attention to the local church. And for some, some people, that's the last thing on their mind. But for others, thank God, they realize the significance. There's a reason why the Bible says, and so much more as you see the day approaching. But in verses 12 and 13, he encourages the strengthening of an ever-growing relationship between the pastor of the church and the members of the church. That's verses 12 and 13. Verses 14 and 15, he encourages each member to be there for one another through our shared weaknesses. And and we preached about that before, about I've got your back. We need to have one another's backs. Now, in these closing verses, in uh, verse 16 through 22, the Lord encourages us in our corporate worship. And again, I just bring it back to context. It's interesting to me. The Lord's coming again. Okay, what do we need to do? And he says, go to church. Make sure that pastors, make sure you got it. your relationship was right with your people. People, make sure your relationship was right to the, with the pastor. Okay, but you understand, Lord, we're talking about the apocalypse. Things falling apart, the end of the world, the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what else, Lord? What else do you got for us? Okay, well, just make sure that you're encouraging one another within the local church. Supporting one another having one another's back. Okay, what else? Well, when you come together to worship in corporate worship and then beginning again in verses 16 all the way through 22. It's dealing with us in corporate worship tonight. I want to look at the very first thing he brings up here. And that is praise. And, and I'm going to look, use praise and worship a little interchangeably tonight. They're not 100% interchangeable, but they're enough related uh, for me to do that tonight. Uh, worship is one of the most important activities of a local church family. Ministry must flow out of worship. Otherwise, it becomes busy activity without power and without heart. I like the words of Francis Havergal in the hymn he wrote, Take My Life and Let It Be. I believe it captures the essence of the worship, the kind of worship that we need in this day and age. And here's what these verses say. He said, take my life. I feel like I should sing it since I'm holding the mic right here. Y'all ready? I'm going to do it a acapella. Uh, take my life and let it be. I'm not really consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let it sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. These words contain the spirit of the first three of Paul's exhortations that we're going to look at beginning with praise. Three exhortations that go right to the starting point of the believer's attitude. How's your attitude tonight? Can I ask you that? How's your attitude? Um, Do you need an attitude adjustment? Uh, tonight. But it goes right to our attitudes. The exhortation to constant joyfulness, to constant prayerfulness, and constant thankfulness. So, joyfulness, prayerfulness, thankfulness. We're going to focus on the joyfulness, the praise part tonight. Paul named the various elements that make up wor- the worship ministry of the church, and we begin with rejoice evermore. In other words, rejoice always. Always be rejoicing. Now, again, that might sound, we might could be okay with that just to listen to that. If we're just going to be hearers of the word tonight, we can maybe be okay with that. Like, okay, yeah, okay, rejoice evermore. But God is telling you and I, are you listening? Rejoice evermore. Always be rejoicing. Now, to us, that can seem kind of absurd. And I want you to understand that the Thessalonians were going through persecution. Many of the Thessalonians were falling by the wayside because it was getting so difficult. But in the midst of it all, Paul says, oh, by the way, rejoice evermore. Paul was not in prison when he wrote these words, but you know uh, what Paul said when he was in prison, don't you? Rejoice. And you want to know what Paul was doing while he was in prison? Rejoicing. You say, preacher, how's that possible? And I want to try to tell you tonight how that is possible. You can accomplish this. You can live the way God's telling you to do here's the great thing about the Lord I love this you ever thought about this I love the fact that when Jesus says maybe to the man that has never walked before what does he say to that man rise up and walk do you know there's not an instance recorded in the Bible where Jesus reaches down and picks a man up and sets him on his feet not one He said said to the man that was was lame and had had a withered hand, he said, stretch forth thine hand. Okay, now I'm using this with rejoicing tonight because if you're not careful, you'll tune me out in a hurry and say, no, no, I'm not the rejoicing type preacher. I'm just not the happy type. I'm not the joyful type. And I don't know what God's talking about up there because he must not know what I'm going through in my life right now. Because that person with that hand that's withered like that says, well, Lord... You're telling me to reach forth with my hand, but that's kind of the problem. I can't. You're telling me to rise up and walk. That's the problem. I can't. But what happens? See, hey, listen. God's commandments are God's empowerments. If God says to do it, He will enable you to do it. No excuses. God's commandments are His empowerments. God says do it, and it's the same with this one. Rejoice evermore. Now this doesn't mean that we always have to be happy. This is not talking about a superficial uh, you know, it's not saying, "Preacher, how can I be happy all the time?" The Bible didn't say be happy all the time. It said rejoice all the time. He said, "Well, it doesn't seem very sincere and it doesn't but listen, it doesn't mean that we go through and just think everything's great. I've got this terminal illness, you know, but it's wonderful, praise the Lord." No. We don't do that. We don't we don't we're, we don't praise uh because things are bad but we do praise God because he's good here's what Paul said in second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 10 think about this he said sorrowful yet always rejoicing sorrowful but yet always rejoicing ain't that something how can you do that can you accomplish that well not by natural means you can't but by the help and grace of God you can See, such a focus is possible because biblical joy comes from God, not merely from a superficial emotional response to positive circumstances. I mean, the most the worst heathen you know in the world can be rejoicing when things are going good. That's no feat. That's nothing to be, you know, right home about. But God's people are able to rejoice even in difficult times. Think about the martyrs. Think about the martyrs as the fire was being put to the sticks that were around them and as they were about to go up in flames who rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ and who gave the gospel uh, while they were being burned. And uh, you want to know something? Many people began to come to Christ because of that. How would they do that? It's just like Paul and Silas in prison, man. They were beat up for the cause of Christ. They were hurting. They were in pain. They didn't know. I mean, can you imagine that? God tells you to do something, and it don't work out the way you thought it would? Can you hear me? I said, can you imagine doing something that you thought God, that God told you to do, and it don't seem like it worked out the way you thought it would? I was going to say, we all ought to be able to imagine that because that's our lives. You know what, yep, oh, Lord, I'm excited, I'm going to raise my kids the way you said, and, well, Lord, this ain't easy. That didn't work out. Mother-in-law wasn't too happy about that one, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, You know, you, you, you commit to live your life for God, and then all of a sudden, Christian, it gets a little hard. Well, that didn't work out too well. Well, guess what? It didn't work out too well for Paul and Silas when they were in prison. But you know what they and they didn't understand it all. But I'll tell you what they did understand. They understood that God was good. They understood that they were saved. They understood that they were doing the will of God. And so the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas sang. And they prayed to God. And they began to sing praises to the Lord. Natalie, can you imagine that? Being in prison and praising the Lord. And what did God do? God caused a great earthquake to come and opened up the prison doors. Their chains fell off and not one prisoner left. But so what I'm just trying to say is regardless of the circumstances, so let's look real, real quickly here at the power of praise. The power of praise. Praise activates joy. I'll say that again. Praise activates joy. I've said already that, that joy and happiness can, are similar. But they're not 100% the same. There's in some ways they could be used interchangeably, but there is a difference. Uh, And and, and the stark difference is is that generally happiness can come and go with things that happen. Happy, happen, kind of goes together. Joy is is not predicated on things that, how good things happen or not. Joy is something we can have in the most difficult circumstances. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, because this is not something we just conjure up of ourselves. But it's something that we have as God's people. But I said that praise activates joy. And here's what I mean by that. If you're sitting around waiting to be joyful, if you're sitting here today and says, I know it says rejoice evermore, so if I ever get to feeling happy enough, I'll praise the Lord. I'll I'll, come in. But it don't say rejoice when you're feeling good. Rejoice when the circumstances are right. He said rejoice evermore. Always be rejoicing. So what he's telling us to do is if we rejoice, if we exercise faith, if we praise the Lord, uh, here's what God will do. God will bring the joy. Try it. Try just praising the Lord. I've done it. I've learned how to praise God. I, I, I have literally brought myself up out of a pretty bad place just by praising the Lord. Have you, you know where I learned it from? I learned it from the Psalms. Because I saw the psalmist being down and depressed and in the dumps, and confused. But then I saw the psalmist, first he's looking around at his circumstances, then he's looking around at himself, and he's looking and he's getting down, and he's getting discouraged, but then all of a sudden just something hits him. But he says, you know what, but, but, but the Lord is true to his word. The God of Israel is faithful. The God of Israel is strong. The God of Israel, and the next thing you know, he is just cutting loose and praising the Lord. Have you ever done that? Listen, see, because to a lot of people, they can dismiss praise as something that's just, for the, that's just for the poor emotional types. We are the spiritual giants and intellectuals. We don't do the praise thing, you know. We leave that to others. Let me tell you something. You're no kind of spiritual giant if you're not rejoicing. Because it's kind of hard to be a spiritual giant if you're living in disobedience to the word of God. Is it not? I'm a spiritual giant, I, so I can ignore rejoice evermore. Right? I, can re- I can ignore, praise ye, the Lord, but, but here's the praise activates joy. Joy takes the burden out of service. Joy takes the burden out of service. So number one, uh, praise activates joy. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. There in Nehemiah, they were having a difficult time. But what happened? God gave them courage, and they were able to have joy in the midst of their difficulties. When the disciples were on the road to Emmaus, they recognized Jesus. And when they recognized Jesus, Luke 24, 52 says, And they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. By the way, sometimes we just need to recognize that Jesus is walking with us. Those disciples were walking. Man, i tell you God's good. Hey, if you can't praise God for any other reason, praise Him for this. Those disciples were walking away from Jerusalem. What's the problem with that? Hey, Jesus said you need to tarry in Jerusalem. <coughs> but they're walking away. They're going to Emmaus. They're discouraged, they're confused, and I'm glad Jesus didn't say, well, there they go. You know what, Jesus came, this fellow came walking alongside, they didn't even know it was the Lord. Can you imagine the Lord walking with them even though they're going in their own direction? Aren't you glad God does that? Hey, and we just need to recognize, even when it seems like He's gone, even when it seems like He's failed, even when it seems like His promises have failed, that's what it seemed like to those people. That Jesus is still there. And once they recognized that, folks, they worshiped Him. And then they returned with great joy. You ever been there in your life? Have you ever been walking in the wrong direction? Away from God? Away from the direction that God wanted you to walk? And aren't you glad Jesus come walking beside you? Amen. Amen. And listen, He began to speak to your heart. So praise activates joy. Number two, praise adjusts our perspective. Praise activates joy. Praise adjusts our perspective. So the Bible says to rejoice evermore, but I'm trying to tell you why we ought to rejoice, why we ought to praise the Lord, why we ought to, uh, you know, honor Him with our praise. It adjusts our perspective. Number one, praise magnifies the Lord. Psalm 34, verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Psalm 69:30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. So praise adjusts our perspective. So praise magnifies the Lord. Now what's the flip side of that? It's magnifying the Lord so it adjusts our perspective. It magnifies the Lord. Also, it minimizes our problems. How big is your God? How big is your God? How, how, how big, how loving is your God? How mighty is your God? How, how wise is your God? We've got to ask ourselves that. We need to magnify. So praise magnifies the Lord. It gets our eyes turned to Him and to His praise. And as I said already, so it adjusts our perspective when God is bigger. But not only that, these go together. It minimizes our problems. It magnifies the Lord. It minimizes our problems. Hey, how would you like this? How would you like for your problems? Jersey, do you have any problems? We all do. And But how would you like for your problems to be minimized? Well, I'm, I'm signing, I'd like to minimize mine. Well, here's how our problems are minimized they are minimized when we begin to praise the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that our problems go away. All right? I didn't say that. But the problem is, is I, you know, I've used that example before, and it just came to mind again. And if I had a quarter or something in my pocket, I'll use this. Uh, but, uh, you know, this isn't a very big thing, and this ought not be enough to be able to block my vision worth anything. Uh, I'm here to tell you today that this, for instance, is, uh, I'll say, uh, no offense, Ryan, but you're bigger than this. But when I do like this, This is all of a sudden bigger than Ryan. And I could walk outside tonight and hold this up in front of the moon, and all of a sudden this is big. Do you know this is bigger than the moon? You're right. But I'm talking about your perspective. We praise our problems. We praise our shortcomings. Look at this giant thing. It's really not that big. It's just that big because we put it right here and it blocks our perspective and all of a sudden it blocks out the sun, the S-O-N sun shining into our lives. And it begins to block everything else and we let these problems that really in the big scheme of things aren't all that great, they're big, they're significant, but I'm telling you, they're not as big as God! Oh, you know, I've failed and I've come short. That's not as big as God's forgiveness! Praise minimizes our problem. It adjusts our perspectives. Folks, just like the giants, you remember, they went into the land of Canaan and they said, oh, there's giants in the land. And compared to us, these problems, those giants are, we we can't face these guys. But then Joshua and Caleb are like, yeah, they're bigger than us, but they're not bigger than God. Do you know I feel like I spend half my ministry doing that? All I get, people coming to me all the time wanting to tell me how big their giants are. That's what I hear. Yeah, this giant's so big. Yeah, but you know, no, 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 you don't understand, preacher. This giant's big. I'm saying, I know your giant's big, but how big is your God? For too many of God's people, they got other things that are bigger than God. And let me tell you something, that's a problem. That's a real problem. Because, yeah, the giants are bigger than me, but they're not bigger than God. Therefore, our worry, so our praise, praise minimizes our worry and our anxiety. Because we magnify the Lord. We make much of the Lord. Hey, things are bad. Anybody? Things are bad. But let me tell you something. God is good. Amen? God is good. Our problems are big. But our God is bigger. I can't, but God can. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, you, you, whatever it might be, our failures, our insecurities, when I magnify the Lord, all of a sudden that's not really that big of a deal. Rejoice evermore. You know, I want to share a word of personal testimony with you tonight. Um, years ago, there was a couple things that became became themes in my relatively early Christian life. Uh, I would say after I'd been saved maybe a year, two years, something to that effect, I'd have been somewhere in the range of 17, 18 years old into 19. I was a teenager and there was a song that I would, there was a hymn that I would remind myself of real regularly. And the hymn is this one. Many of you are familiar with it. And it just simply says this, just this one line. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. We have a tendency to look at the things that are temporal. We have a tendency to look at the things that are, you know... They're right in front of us. But the Apostle Paul said, he said, for this cause we faint not. And he says, why we don't faint? Why we don't fall out of the way? Why we don't lose strength and just fall out by the wayside? Here's what he said. While we look. What you looking at, Paul? At the things which are unseen. Not at the things which are seen. So, turn your eyes on Jesus. Look to Him. Think about how good he... Let me ask, does anybody think tonight that Jesus is worthy of our praise? Maybe. Does anybody think that God's worthy of us saying hallelujah, praise the Lord? I mean, I believe God is worthy tonight. And we begin to turn our eyes to Jesus... Just like, just like the, a candle fades uh, in, the, in, the, in the midst of the, the noonday sun, folks, that's how our problems ought to fade. We look into His brightness, and all of a sudden, things are okay. Amen? Amen. And, and, and I don't understand a lot, but I understand that God is good. So that's one of the things that early on, I learned that hymn at youth camp, and I would just sing that particular line sometimes. And then there was a verse. I made this verse my life verse as a teenager. I'm giving you testimony here. Habakkuk 3.17. Habakkuk 3.18 is what I made my life verse, but I want to read verse 17 of Habakkuk to you. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. I don't know if you followed all that, but if you can't pick up much of anything else in those words, I understand he was saying things are really, really, really bad. Matter of fact, God, Habakkuk was praying for revival, and God said, no, i got one better for you. I'm going to send the Babylonians to destroy the land instead. How do you like that for an answer to prayer? Habakkuk was praying for revival. God had something else. So, so, so Habakkuk began to look, and really the thing you need to know about Habakkuk chapter number three, it's actually a song. And he gets down, to, because at first he's like, whoa, Lord, that's not good. Why would you ever do that? And he begins to argue with God. Anybody? But God begins to help him. Man, I'm glad the Bible's real, aren't you? And I'm glad God gives us real people in the Bible that struggle just like we do. But he got through there, and basically Habakkuk 3.17 Things are as bad as they can get, basically. But here's the verse. Habakkuk 3.18 Yet, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And I took this verse to the literal, most literal extent. My wife can tell you, people uh, that knew me back then can tell you, there's still places around North Carolina and Georgia to where I'm still known as Jumping Jesse. Now why is that? Because I took it back at 318 and I took it literal. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Re- rejoice in the Lord literally means I'm going to jump up and down. So you know what I start doing? I start making a habit of jumping up and down. Can you imagine that? And on top of that, I'd get excited. I'd jump up and down. What would you do if I did that? What would you do if I did that? And What would you do if Connor just started jumping up and down right now? Saying, praise the Lord. Somebody said, "The ain't going charismatic. We're out of here. What's charismatic about just following what God said? Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Furthermore, he says, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. Which literally means to spin around. So Habakkuk basically said this. Everything's falling apart. Things are about as bad as they can be. Okay, Habakkuk, uh, here. Uh, Habakkuk, everything's falling apart. There's no fruit in the field. Everything has failed. There's no hope. It doesn't seem that there's no hope for the future. Habakkuk, sir, can I ask you the question? What exactly are you going to do in this situation? And Habakkuk says, why don't I just show you? Whoa! Excuse me, sir, could you repeat that again? Uh, everything's falling apart. Everything's going bad. There's no. It looks awful. You wanted God to send revival, but instead of Him sending revival, He's sending the Babylonians. Uh, Habakkuk, sir, now exactly, what was your reply to that again? He says, okay, let me say it a little bit clearly to you. Woo! Now, uh, people like that more down south, by the way. They don't just look at you weird. But anyway, um, woo! Now, I'm I'm, I'm not being totally honest with that, because there's a whole lot of people down there that look at you funny, too, believe me. Uh, So so I'm just kind of teasing you with that. But this attracted me, just being honest with you. Um, Word of testimony, it it, it, it was attractive to me, attractive to me. One of the things that I remember particularly was the first time I ever shouted, I've shared that with some of you. Lucas, I was sitting up on the front row like you are. I was sitting over on this side. I've always kind of sat on this side ever since. Got saved, sat on, and that's just where I kind of sit. Uh, got, uh, started dating Melanie. I sat where Connor and Evan are sitting, Melanie and I. And, uh, and we sat there forever until uh, I quit sitting or whatever anyway. Uh, but I come up, sat on that front row, and, and I've shared this with you before. Uh, not Brady Rochester, but Brady Rochester's family. Uh, the Rochester family was singing that night. And I'm telling you it just got sweetened that place. And it was just kind of one of them churches where they just flat out didn't mind praising the Lord. So folks kind of got to praising the Lord. And I'm telling you the spirit of God was moving, and man, my heart was being blessed, Ralph, and I thought and, and I hadn't been saved but for a few months at that time, definitely within six months, I would say. And I'm telling you I mean, and the Rochesters were up there singing. And I'm telling you, I sat on that front row, and I was sitting in that chair, and I just was like, I probably looked like a total weirdo, but I was just, I was like fit to be tied, man. I was so excited, and I was sitting there, and I can remember uh, just, just as I sat there, and just as they singing, and there were some other folks praising the Lord, and the next thing you know, it almost just felt like I was just getting filled up, filled up, filled, and then finally I just went, Woo! He said, preacher, I'd never do that. You know what the Bible says, you know what the Bible says to shout? Can't you imagine walking around the walls of Jericho? And, and the Lord says, okay, when you uh, when you when you when you walk around for the seventh time on that seventh day, I want everyone to say a very reverential Amen. No. You go read what the Bible, the Bible repeatedly talks about shouting. Praising the Lord, that appealed to me. I enjoyed it. The preacher got up there and started preaching about heaven. I just shouted all night long. I shouted till I was hoarse. I told some of you before that the last time I shouted till I was hoarse was when I saw Hank Jr. Can I let you know a little... Hey, how about that now? Oh, I like going to the concert, and boy, we just have a good old time. You know, woo, Morgan Weiland or something, you know. Or we go to the ball game you know, and, and people act crazy, hollering for uh, you know, their football team, hollering for their basketball team, and it's just nobody thinks twice about it. Hey, I've done some hollering and rejoicing over uh, Carolina basketball. I've done some mourning over Carolina basketball, more of that in recent days. But, but here's the thing. Let me tell you something. Jesus has done more for me than anything that Hank Jr. ever did. Jesus has done more for y'all than Morgan Wallen will ever do for you. Jesus is doing more for you than Oregon or Nebraska or Iowa or Carolina or the Chiefs or whoever else. He's done more for you than any of those fools. So, it appealed to me, and and, and it appealed to me in in terms of praise. Praise. And then you see how biblical it is. And I just said, okay, that's what God said. I like this. And I just started praising the Lord. I began to become known for praising the Lord. I got to where I would shout at the drop of a hat. I got beyond that. I started carrying a hat around with me. So I should just drop it myself and have a reason to shout, you know. Uh, Seriously. I loved, I mean, it appeared. but see, but here's the thing. It's biblical. I loved it, I enjoyed it, and I still enjoy it. But here's what I'm trying to say. I enjoyed this. In retrospect, I think about this. I'm not that guy anymore. And there's some reasons why it makes sense, because now I've got to get up here and preach, and if all I did was shout and jump around, then probably y'all wouldn't get a whole lot out of the message that I'm trying to give to you, right? So, so there, there, there's reasons, there's adjustments, there's not to mention the fact that... Um, you can imagine the challenge that some people would have, uh, you know, but, but, but that's not the reason I changed my style or my delivery or anything like that. I've just always tried to preach and have church according to the, the, the liberty that I believe the Lord was giving me in that moment. But as time's gone on, i got to be honest with you, I've drifted from the practice of praise because I'm telling you about my public praise, but that ain't nothing compared to my private praise in those days. Because if, if, if you if if all you all got is public praise and you don't have no private praise, you can forget about it. Forget about it. I had private praise. I rejoiced in the Lord, Lucas. I, I mean, I was a teenager. I'd be going through a tough time. I'd be going through the challenges of life. But I would get somewhere and say, Jesus, I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. I'd get out in the woods and pray. I'd get out there and praise God. I'd get out there and run, ar- run around the woods like a wild man shouting and running and praising God. Just me and the Lord and the squirrels and the birds praising God, glorifying God. I'd shout in my car, I'd shout in my house, I'd shout in the shower, I'd shout everywhere I'd go. Praising the Lord. But as I've drifted away from some of this practice that I'm preaching to you tonight about rejoicing evermore, it's had an an impact on my life. Where praise and joy have left my life, I'm not telling you this out of pride. I'm telling you this out of uh, regret. Anxiety, frustration, and depression have come in. Because that kind of got a hold of me. I was like, man, yeah, I still praise the Lord, and I do. But not like I ought to. Preacher, do you rejoice evermore? Not so sure about that. Not so sure about that. Do you praise the Lord every day? I'm sure at some point I say praise the Lord, but sometimes it's just I say it. Okay? I don't really do it. I don't really begin to say, oh, God, I just want just to think about the Lord, right? You sit and think about your problems all the time. You sit and think about your failures all the time. Why not just change that and say, you know, I'm let me think about God for a little bit. Lord, I want to think about you. Lord, let me think about you a little bit. Mm. God. God. Huh. The I am that I am, the, the self-existent one, huh? Well, Lord, that's something. And, then, and 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 Lord, the Lord, huh? The Creator, Lord, you spoke this world. Lord, I hey, the Bible. You know what the psalmist said? When I consider the heavens, hey, you know what we need to do as God's people? Consider the heavens. Look up there tonight. I don't know if we'll be able to see anything or not, but if you see them, look up there and thank my my. Thank you, Jesus. I see your testimony. I hear your message. I begin to think about creation. I begin to think about God's magnificence of giving us the Word of God. I begin to just think about Him. Then I fast forward and thinking, Lord, all the way back then, listen to this, before you ever created the heavens, you were looking down through time, and you saw me. And Lord, you knew that I, you listening, you knew that I would need a Savior. Oh. You knew that. And Lord, therefore, way back before you ever even created the earth, you had a plan to send your only begotten Son. And Jesus, you willingly came and you offered your life. Go, Lord. They ripped out your beard. They spit in your face. They beat you at the... Wow, wow, Lord. Oh, That that was for the joy that was set before me. What's that, Lord? Oh, it's You. It's You. They nailed Him that old rugged cross. He was despised and rejected. And let me tell you something, we may not realize that was worst of all, but it it was when God the Father turned His back on God the Son, and it was dark in the middle of the day because all of our sins were placed upon Him. And I think, oh, Lord Jesus, You died for me. You rose again the third day. And Lord, fast forward, God, you put me in a place where one day I'd walk into some place and I'd hear about you. And I'd hear about your love for me. I'd hear about my sin, but I would hear about your forgiveness. And oh Lord, you would. I, I, I ran away. But Lord, you went with me to my friend's house. And you went with me to my house. And Lord, you came where I was at and you saved my soul. And Lord, there's another thing. Looking way back then, before you ever saved me, you also knew every last time I would mess up. Every last time I would fail. And Lord, you saved me anyhow. And what I'm just trying to tell you is sometimes you start thinking about something like that and then you start thinking, and Lord, if you love me that much... How much more will you not with him give me all things? Lord, you've given me promises. You've brought me into the family. You've given me riches in Christ. You've given me peace. You've given me a future. You've given me so much to look for. Woo! Right? Hallelujah! Praise Him! The Bible says rejoice evermore. But again, that's gone out in my life. Anxiety, frustration, and depression. Why? I've become heavy. <coughs> I've become heavy. Let me finish that statement. On performance. I've become heavy on performance um, and light on praise. That's a, it's insidious. It's a sneaky trap. I told you. I mean, it was a great thing, I thought, for many years. And I've shared this with you recently. God showed it to me. I wish I could tell you how dark my experiences and thoughts have been over recent months. Why? Well, I'm waking up and I'm saying, Lord, I know I can do all things through you. Lord, strengthen me so I can do a work for you today. That's good. That's good. That's good. But here's the problem. I wasn't magnifying the Lord. I was magnifying the Lord's work. I want to do a great work for God, people. I've got a vision for this place that God's given me. That's the reason. I'm on this earth. Jesus died for me. He called me for what He's doing right now and what He wants to do. All right? So I want to do something for God. I want to accomplish this work. It's a great motive but my methods are poor. And the Lord began to show me, well, wait a second. Before you start focusing on all you got to do about me, and it's almost like I feel like I'm doing the Lord a service by being so burdened down over things, and so anxious over things, and so on edge over things. Yes, Lord, I'll carry it. I'm trying to do a great work for you. And God says, no. My burden is easy. My yoke, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You need to start praising me. You need to start magnifying me. And, folks, I'm trying to get back to that. I'm, t- I'm trying to get back to praising God the way I ought to. I- I'll still praise Him. I hadn't quit praising Him in 20 or in 30 years, pretty much. But I'm trying to get my ratio back right. I'm trying to magnify the Lord. Yes, praise should be spontaneous, but I'm telling you, praise should also be strategic and intentional. It's an act of obedient faith. I shared this story already, but God, because here's the, we, we, number one, if we're not careful, anybody, the rejoicing, praising the Lord business, you know, that's not for everybody, we think, even though the Bible says it is, it's not for everybody, Um, and and, and not only that, but, uh, you know, preacher, you need to make sure it's real here, right? You don't need to be putting on. You don't need to be putting on. But the Bible says you praise Him whether you feel like it or not. It it is literally a command in the book of Psalms and and other places, the the hallelujah. When it says, praise ye the Lord. Amen. It's saying, praise the Lord. It's actually a command to praise the Lord. So when the Psalm says, praise ye the Lord, in the temple they would say, praise the Lord. Because it was a command. Right? And and, and here's the thing. We praise the Lord. So so walking around the walls of Jericho, seven days without saying anything, the last day they walk around seven times, and the Lord said, and if you really feel strongly led, only if the Spirit's moving, then you shout. It was strategic. We've been preaching about spiritual warfare here. I'll tell you one of the things I believe that I I don't see how much I've, I haven't seen it in a lot of spiritual warfare context. Praise. It's strategic. You will win. Amen? Folks, they shouted. And I'm telling you, you can shout some walls down in your life. I've done it. You can shout down some walls in your life. They shouted, and the walls of Jericho fell down. How about that? It was strategic. It was, it was intentional. It's an act of obedient faith. Ah, my word. Um, it also encourages fellowship. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'm trying to land this plane somewhere, okay? I see a field coming up that I can just drop her down in. I'm not going to make it to the airport. Uh, Psalm 34, verse 3, I'll say it again. Hey, how about this? Listen to this now. Remember, the whole context of what we're talking about here, I guess it would be a good place to wrap it up at, full circle. The whole context here is the corporate worship of the local church. All right? Good place to wrap it up. Praise encourages the fellowship our brothers and sisters. And here's what he says again. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Amen. Hey, I want to make a lot of Jesus today. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Let's talk about how good God is. He's been good to me. He's great. He's God. He's the Creator. He's omniscient. I mean, just right on down the line. Magnify the Lord with me. Hey, let us exalt His name together. Let's, right, let's do it, folks. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's exalt His name together. He goes on to say, well, I'll I'll give you just... Listen, so it starts personal. It's got to be personal. It's got to be personal. And then it progresses to corporate. It goes from private to public. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. Anybody? I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me. I mean, listen. He goes on to say this. They looked unto Him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. (laughs) Verse 6 of Psalm 34. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Oh my goodness. I'll close with this last little bit. Uh, Listen. uh, Psalm 146, verses 1 and 2. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. The Lord shall reign forever and ever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. "'Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. He hath not dealt so with any nation, as for His judgments they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise ye the Lord.'" Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and His praise in the congregation of the saints. Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in the firmament of His power, praise Him in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the sautry and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. And I don't know if anybody wants to take a breath with me real quick after that, but... But this is a check right here. You Ready? Let everything that hath breath. Just in case you've been wondering, I'm not sure if I qualify yet. Let everything that hath breath. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, I'm telling you the victory, the power of praising the Lord. Rejoice at all times. Rejoice evermore. Let's all stand, please. Lord, we just want to praise you right now for your worthy. Lord, I praise you for your excellent greatness. Lord, I give you glory tonight just for the God you are, the all wise, the all powerful, the unlimited. Oh, my goodness, the God that fills all space and time. Oh, Lord, the God who spoke and everything came into existence. Uh, the God that's so powerful, Lord, you meted out the oceans in the palm of your hands. God, you, you measure the dust of the earth, God, as, as if it were a scale. Lord you know it all Lord you're a great God you're a mighty God you're a God of wisdom you're a God with a great plan you're a God that all things are working together for good to your people you're a God who looked down oh Lord uh, through the annals of time and God you saw a lost people you saw us you saw some people that was lost in sin and in the chains of darkness and bondage and Lord you loved us enough uh, to pay the price to do what it took to save our souls from death Uh, Lord you brought us up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay Uh, Lord and you put our feet on a rock and you established our goings and you put a new song in our hearts oh Lord you saved our souls and you put your hand upon our lives you've promised us a good end Uh, Lord we know your hand is on us Uh, we know our future is sure. We know our present is secure. And Lord, we tonight praise you for your excellent greatness. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Lord, you're worthy tonight. And Lord, I just want to shout down these walls that we've allowed uh, to get built up around us. uh, The strongholds and the worries and the insecurities. uh, Lord, And all of these things. Lord, we praise you, Lord. You're greater than these things. You're greater than our weakness. You're greater than sin. You're greater than all these things that we face, Lord. And we praise you tonight for it's in Jesus' name we praise you and say hallelujah. Amen.